Let's face it, Brit happens. Success is rarely a straight line. It's a journey with many twists, turns, potholes, and unwelcome detours. The secret, however, lies in how we react. Keep listening to learn how to effectively respond to life's curveballs, improve your resilience, and how winners pivot from setbacks to success. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Let's get started. The incredibly disturbing and triggering recent images of Haitian refugees being rounded up like cattle in what appears to be whipped by U.S. immigration agents on horseback highlights a very basic fact about U.S. history that many Americans might prefer to ignore. The White House condemned U.S. Border Control agents last week who were seen using a whip-like cord to block Haitian migrants carrying supplies into the U.S. from Mexico. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said she had seen some of the footage, calling it unacceptable. We just saw this footage. Um, It's horrible to watch. Um, I I just have to get more information on it. I can't imagine what the scenario is where that would be appropriate. I'm certainly not suggesting that, but we've just seen the footage earlier this morning. Discrimination against Haitian refugees has been a constant factor across both Democratic and Republican administrations. And there is very strong evidence that anti-Blackness plays a critical role in marking Haitian immigrants as persona non grata. Much of this discrimination stems from a distinction in international law. Refugees who claim they are fleeing political oppression have significant legal rights. Economic migrants who are seeking a better lives for themselves and their children do not. In practice, It's hard to be sure who is fleeing political oppression and who is not. This gives governments significant leeway to discriminate against people they simply don't want to admit. The US government has consistently categorized Haitians as economic refugees, claiming they left their home country for better job prospects, not to escape political persecution. These discrepancies have allowed U.S. governments from the Carter administration onward to come up with legal and practical means to disregard Haitian asylum claims. Just this past Wednesday, it was reported that the Biden administration is soliciting bids from contractors who can provide Haitian Creole and Spanish-speaking guards for a migrant detention facility in Guantanamo. Now, this isn't the first time that the U.S. government has tried to stop Haitian refugees by sending them to Guantanamo, which is essentially a legal black hole. It's a territory under U.S. control where people don't have the same rights to due process as those on U.S. soil. Now, let's go back to the beginning of the HIV AIDS crisis in the 1980s. The Reagan administration then claimed that Haitian people were vectors for the disease. This not only prevented Haitian immigrants from donating blood, along with heroin users and homosexuals, but was used as pretext for barring Haitians from entering the country while also dampening tourism to the island. 
Many Americans came to believe that casual visits to Haiti would be enough to contract the virus. These government maneuvers made it easier to dehumanize Haitians and the fear of AIDS was used to justify efforts to prohibit Haitians from entering the United States. Up to 12,000 Haitians were shipped to Guantanamo under a policy overseen by William P. Barr, who later became President Trump's attorney general, while others were returned to Haiti. While then candidate Bill Clinton sharply criticized this George H.W. Bush policy, the policy itself was not interrupted until Randall Robinson went on a hunger strike in 1992. Although this Clinton about face provided some hope that the US policy towards Haiti would ease, that hope was largely abandoned in 1999 when much of the country was entranced by the Elian Gonzalez saga unfolding right here in Miami, Florida. Politicians demanded that the six-year-old Gonzalez who had been rescued in the Caribbean after his mother died fleeing Cuba, stay in America so that he can seek a better life. At just the same time, the Clinton administration returned almost 400 Haitians who had braved the very same waters. Haitian Americans, Haitian immigrants, and their supporters protested American policy that allowed Cubans to stay in the US while denying the same opportunity to Haitians fleeing an oppressive regime. The US claimed that Haiti was a democracy. Although many Haitians disagreed, this claim together with the Haitian government's support for US anti-communism justified refusing Haitian asylum claims. On paper, Haitian and Cuban immigrants were treated equally, but in practice, Cubans received preference, highlighting a double standard regarding which people the United States considers to be legitimate asylum seekers. In 2010, when a catastrophic earthquake struck Haiti, killing 200,000 people, the US granted Haitians temporary protected status. It was heralded by Haitians and human rights activists as a step towards greater equality in the asylum process and normalization of immigration for Haitians. But despite these hopes, no significant changes were seen under the Obama administration. In 2020, Trump attempted to end temporary prote protective status for Haitians, but failed. Although TPS has been extended for Haitians already in the US until 2023, asylum seekers who have been deported or are being processed for deportation by the Biden administration cannot take advantage of it. Again, a purported health threat, but this time instead of HIV, COVID-19. Despite the country's ongoing crisis, which includes the coronavirus, multiple natural disasters and political turmoil after the assassination of their president. International indifference towards Haiti, their suffering, discrimination, and human misery will continue as long as Americans continue to emphasize temporary outrage while remaining in a pattern of repeated ignorance and convenient amnesia. 
I'm Brittany Sharpton with Brit Happens. I'll see you next time. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Brit Happens. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google. You can also find me online at www.brithappens.com and on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Brittany Sharpton. See you next time.